Yeah, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Very well. Are City now favourites, Richard, after this result this morning? I think you'd probably say so, just about. I mean, they can go top uh, on Wednesday when they face uh, Everton, albeit having played a game more. I mean, the reason I felt Liverpool were favourites until very recently was just that they had this incredible record against the rest. They'd been absolutely ruthless. They hadn't dropped a single point against anyone outside the top six. Now, in the last couple of games, they've done that. They've drawn with Leicester. They've drawn with West Ham. Admittedly, two of the best and two of the most dangerous of the mid-table teams. But they need to get back to that relentless, ruthless winning habit against the rest, Liverpool, because I think come the end of the season, City will probably take more points off the top teams. So for Liverpool, the key was always that record against the division as a whole and the lesser teams in particular. Why haven't they been able to do it in the last couple of games against Leicester and West Ham United? Is it simply that lack of ruthlessness that you talk about? I think that's part of it. I think it's a combination of factors. I think certainly teams do not play well throughout the entire season. And part of it is getting the results when you're not at your best, which Liverpool did for the most part and haven't done recently. I do feel that injuries and absentees have caught up with them a bit recently. Um, even before that, uh, those couple of draws, they had the Crystal Palace game where James Milner had to play right back and ended up getting sent off because he couldn't deal with Wilfried Zaha. Well, at the moment, they've got Milner at right back again tonight. Um, defensively, they were absolutely outstanding for, for the majority of the season. But they're at their best as a back four when they've got Trent Alexander-Arnold and Joe Gomez. And tonight, the right half of the back four was Milner and Joel Matip, which isn't as good. Uh, West Ham really had the chances to score a second goal. I think midfield is an issue at the moment. They missed Jeannie Vinealdum tonight. I think he's been their best midfielder all season. And it was a game where they really needed Naby Keita to display why they spent so much money on him, and he didn't really play well. And going forward, um, Roberto Firmino's had a bit of a mixed season. He was absolutely outstanding last season, but he's not really hit those heights so consistently this season, and he was poor tonight. I mean, at the moment, Sadio Mane is the one of the, of the three forwards who's really at the top of his game and is the most consistent. They could do with Firmino getting back up to speed. Manchester City, of course, beat Arsenal uh, over the weekend. Um, some scrappy goals in that game, but a win nonetheless, 3-1, uh, off the back of that loss to Newcastle. Are Manchester City on an upward trajectory for you, Richard? I think they are in general. The odd thing with City is that they've had this run of games where they've either hammered teams or dropped points against them. Because they've had three defeats in the space of six or seven weeks to Leicester, Crystal Palace and Newcastle. And that was the difference with Liverpool, not who hadn't lost to any of the rest. Now, City at their best, we know, can beat anyone and in many cases can destroy a lot of teams. For City, I, I felt for a while that what they've kind of... They've got a lot of key home games in the second half of the season because they had a lot of those tough away games in the first half. So they've got Chelsea at home coming up. They've already won Liverpool at home, which is a big one. They've got Manchester United uh, is away, but they've got Tottenham at home. So I think City will be looking at those games against the top teams. And City also, they they have the added complication of being in in four competitions to Liverpool's two and potentially one after the Champions League. So I think for City, a lot of the key is just churning out results when they're fighting on so many fronts. 
Tottenham, uh, of course, beat Newcastle 1-0. That took them uh, temporarily into second place. Uh, they've since been overtaken again by City, but they remain just two points behind Manchester City and five points behind Liverpool. Are Tottenham Hotspur a factor in the title race? I mean, you've got to say they are simply because they're so close. They've had this odd season in that they haven't drawn a single game. They've lost more games than you would expect a, a contender to lose by this stage. But because they, they've won every other game, they're up there. Um, they've got a, two factors that make me think that they probably won't win the league. And one is that they're without Harry Kane and Deli Alley till March. Um, Son Heung-min has returned from the Asian Cup and has bailed them out in the last couple of games with really important goals. The other thing is their games against both Liverpool and City are away from home. They've lost at home to them both already. They've got to go away from home. And you would think if Tottenham are going to win the league, they're probably going to have to win both of those away games, if not to take four points out of six. I don't think that's going to happen. Manchester United, they won again. The uh, The honeymoon continues under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Just on, on that man, um, what's, the latest, uh, what's the latest mail around about about him and getting the job full time is it is it becoming more and more likely the more often united win under him yeah i think so um certainly when he started off as caretaker he seemed a very safe choice as caretaker in the sense that you would have thought that no matter how well he did as caretaker he wouldn't complicate the actual choice of a manager because he couldn't get the job well now that's changed nine wins and a draw out of ten now he's going to be on the shortlist no matter who else is i think there are there's no doubt Solskjaer wants it i think one of the interesting questions regards ed woodward and whether he can get another manager that he wants woodward has not got a great record of appointing managers so if his top target is still Mauricio Pochettino, can he get Pochettino? What Solskjaer has positioned himself to do, though, is if Woodward can't get anyone else, he can appoint Solskjaer, and it can seem a very plausible appointment rather than a desperate appointment. And at the moment, there's this huge groundswell behind him. Obviously, what we have to see is by the time the decision is made, is has things changed? Has he had a bad run? If so, has he responded to that? precisely how well has he done, how far has he taken United in the Champions League, has he maybe won the FA Cup, has he finished in the top four. At the moment, I think he probably will finish in the top four, which when he was appointed, there were 11 points off the top four, and that looked utterly unrealistic. So if he gets them there, then he is a very, very plausible candidate. How do, um, how do you assess how Arsenal fans are feeling at the moment, Richard? Yeah, it's a good question because I think... There are a lot of reasons to like Unai Emery and some of the things he's trying to do. But at the same time, it does feel like it could well be a wasted year in the sense that are Arsenal genuinely making progress? Well, during that 22-match unbeaten run uh, from August to about December, you would have said yes. But at the moment, no, not really. Um, They're not going to finish in the top four. So their only chance of returning to the Champions League is if they win the Europa League. They've got an awful defence and an awful defensive record, admittedly hampered by injuries. They need a huge amount of rebuilding, but funds are limited, not least because they're paying Mesut Ozil a huge amount of money and he's plainly not in Unai Emery's plans at all. So I don't really know in short. I mean, I think it does show the scale of the rebuilding job after Arsene Wenger. It also shows 
how confused some of Arsenal's thinking has been to some degree, not just with the Ozil contract, but with the fact that they brought in Sven Mislint out to be this transfer guru. He's got this fantastic record at Borussia Dortmund. Well, he's come and gone in 14 months. And so they're back to scratch again. And watching Arsenal at Manchester City yesterday, Arsenal lost 5-1 when they went to Anfield. They could have lost 5-1 at Manchester City as well. And that shows the gulf that has opened up between Arsenal and the top teams. And that is a really, really worrying sign for them. And then if you contrast it with Manchester United, who are underachieving hugely to be in sixth, but you look at the, because partly because of the quality of player they had, they were able to immediately surge up to get themselves on the brink of the top four. So uh, I, think it's, I think it's a worrying time for Arsenal, really. At the bottom, I think we can uh, we can write Huddersfield off 11 points from 25 games. They're well adrift at the bottom and got a thumping from Chelsea. So I think we can uh, we can confirm their relegation. Fulham don't look great either, 17. Then it's Cardiff, who had a pretty emotional time of things and won at uh, home against Bournemouth. Can you see Cardiff staying up? Can you see them um, going past someone like Burnley, Southampton, Newcastle, even Palace? I would say it's unlikely, but the thing is with Cardiff is, to a certain extent, most of us have written them off all along, and they are confounding expectations. They're confounding expectations to still be in touch at this stage. One of the things that Cardiff have done really well is they've won a good proportion of the winnable home games because they've got an awful record against the top six, but that's understandable because there's such a gulf in ability and in resources and in every respect. But when they've come up against teams like Bournemouth at home, teams like Southampton at home, they've actually got a good number of wins, five home wins plus that one away win at Leicester. So then it's partly a question of what do those teams above them do? Do any of them go on a bad run? I mean, for instance, I know that Burnley have got a very tough run in at the end of the season. So what they really need to do is have a cushion on Cardiff and a cushion on the bottom three with four or five games to go in case they have a horrible, horrible end to the season. You still wouldn't see Cardiff as a team who could get 38 points. But if they can get themselves up to 32, 33, 34, then they they stand a chance, and of those other teams, I think Burnley are probably the ones who would be most worried. Um, but a bit of a wild card in it is Brighton, who've been comfortably clear of danger all season, but have now been on a bit of a bad run, and they're getting pegged back a bit by teams like Southampton and Newcastle and Palace, who've been on better runs recently. It's been a great pleasure to talk to you, Richard. One more before you go. There's a lot of Liverpool fans who both work for this radio station and listen to it. Can you give us, and I include myself in this number, a shred of uh, of a positivity here? Can Liverpool still win the league? Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, I mean, for starters, as I say, Manchester City could be fighting on four fronts, and, and there's absolutely no doubt that the real ultimate goal for City, and by City I mean both the people who own the club and Pep Guardiola himself, is to win the Champions League. So if that that could become the real priority for them at some stage. And it's worth remembering, Liverpool have still had a remarkable season to date. You know, only one defeat so far, only 15 goals conceded, only four points dropped uh, to the bottom 14. Uh, they're unbeaten at home in the Premier League for nearly two years. They've got Mohamed Salah, who's kind of 
I think probably still the top scorer. They've got the best defender in the league in Van Dijk. Sure, there's one or two things to sort out, but once they get a couple of players back from injury and once they maybe just get back to the way they've been playing for quite a lot of the autumn, even if not when they're at their absolute best, you know, I, I, I think Liverpool have got an excellent chance. As I, say, I'm, as I said earlier, I make City favourites now, but only marginally. I think Liverpool still have an excellent chance. Great to chat to you, Richard. Thanks for joining us on Radio Sport New Zealand. It's been, uh, been excellent to, uh, to have you on board. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks, Jason.